All right, so we're walking down 161st Street here in the Bronx. It's like 90 degrees out in the sun. And we are coming up on right here, the, uh, the family court building. And we're going to be headed in there in just a minute. Hopefully they have air conditioning. The Bronx family court is a place where a lot of serious stuff happens. Custody cases, child support cases. And the building itself is imposing. It's one of those big, brutalist concrete cubes. Emphasis on big. But today, I am visiting something that you might not expect to find inside of the Bronx family court. A museum. A very small museum dedicated to very small creatures. I'm looking at what appear to be a tiny sculpture of a squid or a snail uh, in this kind of vending machine-sized box, box of boxes. Uh, you know the monolith in 2001? It's a little bit like that. It's like this thing has come down out of space and landed here. And here, I'm going to get closer. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we are celebrating the power of the small. The smallest mollusk museum. It's part of a fleet of tiny museums, micro-museums, that may just have a big impact on the world. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Down here at kind of kid eye level. Wow, wow. That's cool. It's, it's like a pro sort of three-dimensional projection. Looks kind of like a hologram. And um, it's, it's, it's a squid swimming around in this kind of so here I am. I'm standing in the lobby of the Bronx Family Court, and I'm in front of the smallest mollusk museum. It's kind of an obelisk. It's about as tall as I am, and it's built out of smaller cubes, kind of white and purple cubes that have this soft sort of glow to them. That's cool. On one side of the Tower of Cubes, there's a diagram that explains how to tour the museum. Because that's what the tower is. It is, in and of itself, a whole museum. Although I can fit my arms around it. And I'm about to start this self-guided tour when I am joined by Charles Phillip. He is the one who made this thing. Hello. Hi, nice 
nice to see you. Welcome to the smallest mollusk museum. It's it's also the largest mollusk museum. <laughs> it's nice when you manage to hit both of those yeah, uh, the, yeah. those parameters. <laughs> um, okay, so here. In a regular sized museum, one exhibit usually takes up an entire room, but here in the micro museum, one exhibit is just a small box in this little obelisk. There are about 15 of these little exhibits in the smallest mollusk museum. Each one uh, covers a a slightly different aspect uh, of the mollusk group, uh, which are snails, mussels, sea slugs, the octopus, the giant squid. So these slimy tentacled creatures uh, that, you know, some have no brains, uh, they, they ooze slime, many have blue blood. You know, they're as different from us as we can imagine. The first exhibit is labeled Chapter One, Alien. And it's a model of a teeny tiny movie theater, complete with little chairs and little people in them. And on the screen of this movie theater are clips of sci-fi creatures with menacing tentacles exploding with dripping slime. In this museum, take the story of the ultimate alien other. We start with this, this video that's just playing B-movie clips. Uh, of, you know, these, these strange alien creatures, all of which are based upon mollusks, because when we try to think of the other, we think of these creatures. Yeah, squids and octopi as sort of these terrifying alien intelligences. Yeah, yeah we, they couldn't function much more differently than, than we do. Mm. We're this brain-heavy ape. Um, you know, their brains are often distributed across their body. You know, the octopus has seven different brains, you know, and it's in their arm. Charles goes on to explain that each of those brains can have its own personality, which is incredible. It has these large uh, nodes on either side of the central cortex, and those are its optic nerves. Um, The octopus has fantastic vision. And at this point, Charles takes us over to another exhibit, which just so happens to have a 3D model of an octopus brain. Uh, Then you look at its central cavity, which uh, has a hole going through it. And that's because an octopus swallows through its brain. Its throat goes (laughs) through the middle of its brain. Uh, (laughs) Metal. (laughs) Metal. Uh, From there, we check out a box showing the amount of slime it would take for a snail to go across the Brooklyn Bridge. Snails spend up to one third of their energy making slime. Man. Yeah. Simmons use about 33% of our calories on our brain. Uh-huh. So the fact that they use about a third on their Just slime. slime Got to make slime. Then there's a collection of shells that are sort of a murder mystery, providing clues about how the animals inside them might have died. There's also an exhibit all the way at the top. That's one where you have to be able to a Perhaps. Uh, I see. The R-rated stuff's yeah. at the top of the mini-museum. Exactly. Heads up, we're about to talk about slug sex. So if you're squeamish about that, you should uh, go back inside your shell. Get ready. <laughs> it's going to get graphic. I thought that was an ice cream cone, if I'm honest with you. I hadn't really stopped to look at it carefully enough, but I see now that what I took for soft serve is, in fact, a two slugs sex in. Yeah, that's, that's leopard slugs uh, having sex. Um, and... <laughs> The way that they do it is that they they attach together on the bottom side of a branch, mm-hmm. and they they create this mucusy tendril, yes. uh, <laughs> and then they lower themselves down uh, like perverted you know circus acrobats, 
uh, and start to spin. And then their penises, which can be as long or longer than their bodies, emerge from this hole in the back of their necks, and they start to spiral around each other. Uh, <laughs> Is that the purple part? There? The purple part. No. Yeah, those are those are slug penises. Nice. And what will happen is that the race is on to impregnate the other without becoming impregnated yourself Ooh, because they're hermaphrodites. Great. This is a, I didn't realize that there was a competitive aspect. I thought maybe it was a sort of like a mutual exchange, like we'll both get pregnant and go off, but no. <laughs> I mean, pregnancy is, is uh, if you ask any human, uh, it's very energy expensive. Yeah. Um, so what they want to do is pass on their genes without... <laughs> After a few exhibits, we pause the tour because I want to ask Charles some questions. Like, how did this, how did making mini-museums about mollusks become his job? And Charles started to tell me that he had always had a lifelong fascination with small things, starting with crystals when he was a kid, then broken pieces of jewelry. And these days, Charles still collects all kinds of small found objects, including among them fake nails, like fake fingernails. Uh, you tend to find them around subway turnstiles and places where people reach into their pockets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these objects, they were the most important thing to somebody. You know, they sat there for an hour and, and had them, you know, put on and then painted. And this was an, a unique expression of self. Yeah. And then one day they reach into their pocket, pops off, and it is, you know, worse than, than filth. And each year, Charles takes his collection of small found objects organizes everything, and puts it into this special laser-cut typeset drawer. And then I will categorize them accordingly. There is something about taking, you know, these orphan objects and putting like with like. It, it's sort of me pushing back against the chaos of the world. Mm-hmm. So Did you start doing this before the museums? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So this is, a, this is proto-museum yeah, work right I here. Know. Yeah, this is, this is like... Pre-micro, but you're already like three steps in. Yeah. 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 Okay. I had already dipped my toe yeah. in obsessiveness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Then about seven years ago or so, Charles was working as a stop-motion animator and advertising producer. And one day he was telling his then-partner, scientist Amanda Shockett, that he was going to visit New York's smallest museum. But instead of smallest museum, she heard mollusk museum. And naturally, they decided that, well, now we have to make a mollusk museum. Then we started to to work on the model for this, the prototype in a rusty shipping container in in Bushwick. We thought that maybe it was a one-off. We thought maybe this was just an interesting project and we would be proud that we did it. But then they started showing their prototype around to people who worked in the museum industry. And that's when they were told that this kind of museum, a, a small, portable museum, could make a big impact in the museum ecosystem. Traditional museums can be expensive, and even if they're free, they can be hard to get to. They're usually concentrated in wealthier neighborhoods. But a micro-museum, that could go anywhere. A hospital waiting room, a public library, the DMV. I feel like curiosity is uh, universal and evenly distributed, um, but opportunities to explore that curiosity are not. Hmm. So if we can turn your... A uh, 45-minute wait for the doctor into uh, this this time when you can, you know, go to the beginnings of the universe, or you know, e- explore, uh, you know, the energy cycle, uh, or explore these, you know, tiny, weird, slimy sidekicks like the mollusks. 
you know, I think that that leads to a lot of good down the down the line. So their small idea got a little bit bigger. They founded a nonprofit called Micro to create other tiny museums. Do you want me to talk you through this exhibit? Sure. Um, and here we are at one of those museums, the smallest mollusk museum in the Bronx family courts. <laughs> this exhibit uh, is a bit of a showstopper. People walk by and they see this, this strange sculpture garden uh, with these humanoid figures that are covered in noses or eyeballs or tongues. These are the sort of like human embodiments yeah. of the snail, the, the chitin, and the squid. Yeah, uh, the snail uh, over here can taste every surface that it crawls across. Mm which, uh, you know, is, is a little unpleasant to think of riding the subway uh, as a snail. And the snail uh, has eyeballs on the end of articulating uh, rods because it can't focus its eyes. It doesn't have a, a lens that can focus. Yeah. So it actually has to move its eyes in and out in order to, to get a, a clarified image. Um, and then this is what humans would look like uh, if we perceived the world the way. So you've got like a little figure here holding eyeballs in its hands with its chest and armpits covered in like tongues, yeah. basically. So, you know, it's a way of building empathy, yeah. a way of, of really putting yourself in. All in all, my tour with Charles lasted about 50 minutes, which is pretty impressive for a museum you can fit your arms around. It packs a punch. With the help of a team of artists and experts, they've created something that's not only visually interesting uh, in its sort of 2001 space odyssey kind of way, but you can also learn a lot from it, too. There are a number of other smallest mollusk museums sprinkled throughout New York, and now Micro has other museums, too. There's the Perpetual Motion Museum on the physics and engineering of capturing and storing energy, and a Museum of Care on the history of frontline health workers. And Charles and Micro want there to be more micro-museums about all kinds of topics. He wants them to multiply, like two leopard slugs. I want them to be as prevalent as vending machines. Yeah. Capitalism has done an amazing job uh, of putting vending machines in public spaces. Yeah. There's no reason why we can't have a knowledge vending machine um, that you know, is, is everywhere so that people's lives can be filled with more curiosity, more wonder, uh, and especially at the times when they're in, you know, the family courts or they're in the public hospital or, or God forbid, the DMV. Mm-hmm. Let, a, let a thousand mollusks swim. <laughs> let, a, let a million museums emerge. Yeah, let them spawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are a handful of micro-museums across the city of New York, and there could be more coming to a DMV or hospital or other surprising locale near you. You can find out more at micro.ooo that's micro.ooo What's this looking thing? What's this right here? It's a tiny mollusk museum. So it's all about like squids and okay, you look I'll, down I'll here right yeah, 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 yeah. you can see there's like pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson. This episode was produced by Amanda McGowan. This episode was sound designed and mixed by John Delore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I 
We'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.